Okay. Um. <laughs> okay, so I kind of want to tell the story of this song. <laughs> it started off as a dream or a walk we went in the woods. In the moon of the budding trees, I was gifted new eyes to see all of the shifting shape and ways you can be. Wake the dreams into realities. Wake the dreams into realities. Sunset diamonds trickle down our cheeks. The language of no words is how we speak. Watch your mama spinning firelight and little bear singing by the fireside. Out of the city we threw in on our nest check. That's just whistling up on your neck. Moonly diamonds sparkle in my mouth. Feels like hunger and it tastes like salt. Feels like hunger and it tastes like salt. So tap me out and tap me into you. Heal my brain and my body too. Balance my chemistry, hydrate these cells, cause the body talks and meditation helps. The body talks and meditation helps. Oh, oh, oh. Body talks and meditation helps. The body talks and meditation helps. Oh, 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 oh
into the woods, it catches to my head. She calls behind my ear and whispers secrets. Dragonfly was by and sings now teaching. Yeah, dragonfly was by and sings now teaching. Fork on the trail, I watch your head up in my old car. I turn my car and whisper, thank you, sister. Edge of the west where water touches land. You are the east with folded maps in hand. Time to increase my frequency. Hails of lightning bodies talking, yeah. Give me some of that wild fox medicine. present tense. Foley's aborted on new lover's chest. Dawning adventure, sparkle, get some rest. Dawning adventure, sparkle, get some rest. So tap me out and dab me into you. Heal my brain and my body too. Balance my chemistry. Hydrate cells cause the body talks and meditation helps. The body talks and meditation Good morning, beautiful people out there on this bright, sunshiny Sunday morning. Welcome to my show, Mystic Musings, and I am your host, Dixie, and I am the Mystic Dreamer. I hope that uh, you're gathering in the energy for the spring that's coming. Um, it's very exciting. The sun is returning. It's not dark at five o'clock anymore. I'm really noticing that now. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the growing season will soon be upon us. But first, let's talk about where we're coming from. <laughs> I'm joining you today from Cosmic Chaos Radio. I do my shows live at 11 a.m. Eastern every Sunday. You can check out Mystic Musings, Conscious Conversations for the Evolutionary Soul. And today I have a guest on, and we are going to be talking about forest gardening for the future. And that is something that uh, Sasha DeHarmony knows about. Sasha is a new forest gardener, entrepreneur, working on transitioning an old pear orchard into paradise. A diverse, productive, and ecologically responsible food forest. Starting in 2020, Sasha began moving from life in downtown Toronto to embark on this journey. 
of learning and how to grow food in a way that respects and gives back to the land. Sasha is passionate about sharing the progress and process, the steps that worked and all the growing pains to show the world that it is possible while having a lot of fun to do, uh, sorry, having a lot of fun too. And I would agree with that. So I'd like to welcome to the show, Sasha DeHarmony. Hello, Sasha, are you there? Morning, Dixie. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, great. I'm just going to adjust my audio here. And we're good to go. <clears throat> Sasha, is it sunny where you are? It's definitely sunny. Okay. Um, blue skies, a couple a couple clouds, but uh, it looks like a great day. It looks like it's really windy. It's super windy. But they're saying it's going to be about uh, 14 degrees today, apparently. But then it's going down to minus one again tonight. Yay! Crazy. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so, Sasha, could you just tell us, uh, tell the listeners, a little bit about how you came into um, forest gardening and to developing this paradise that you're doing now? Sure. Well, it's hard to just say a little bit about it without kind of getting into the whole, the whole story. Um, not too long ago, I was living in... Uh, downtown Toronto. I had uh, a career tuning pipe organs for churches and I'd been doing that for 15 years. Um, before that I was going to school at Ryerson University for engineering and uh, and so I graduated that program and I just didn't feel like uh, after all that time that that was my calling so I I ended up into this pipe organ business and it was a great job. It paid well. I had a lot of fun and good colleagues, but I realized, I realized after, uh, after a number of years that that wasn't really, I couldn't be it, you know, like there had to be something, something more. And I remember one day my wife asked me just out of the blue, she said, uh, Sasha, you know, what's your dream job? What do you want to do? Like, and at that point, I was quite actually taken aback. I was like, what? Like, what's wrong with what I'm doing now? Like, I kind of <laughs> took it a little personally. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but it made me, it made me think. And, and <clears throat> I thought, well, what would be really fun if I didn't have to think about cash? And I just had this thought or this memory of myself with my dad in the farmer's market and I don't know for some reason I just connected with that and I was like I said to Ariel my wife I said I want to be uh I want to grow food and take it to the market and I had never expressed that before and uh so it, it to me it it was really um something that came from my from the core of my of my spirit i guess because it wasn't it wasn't something that i yeah thought about and decided it was sort of like a heartfelt decision and um so we wrote it down on a piece of paper and we stuck it on the fridge <laughs> and saying this is what sasha wants you know this is what i want to do and um yeah like it just it just started slowly i mean uh aerial 
signed us up for a natural build course um, just just to try something out and she had met this uh, this couple uh, Lorena and Sean Tree before and she said hey they're having this course we should go check it out and so I went down uh, with her and uh, we learned how to build what is now known as the kitty tool shed <laughs> and it's a cob and cordwood structure and there's a lot to talk about just on that really but um, here I met Sean Tree and Lorena and I saw the way that they were living and I saw their approach on growing food and just sort of existing with nature more and I should say one of the things that really drew me to like want to change my job was that I was sort of getting depressed at not being in nature but I didn't it started out as being um like coming out of work and my uh, working in the church there's not really any windows where I'm working so it's it's dark and so there would be days like especially in the winter where I'd go to work and it would be dark and then I'd come out of work and it would be dark again and I totally missed this the sunshine and so seeing them, Lorena and Shantri, live on the land, totally outdoors, doing what they love, teaching, I just, my soul just craved that. And I, at the end of the course, I almost grabbed Shantri by the lapels and I was just like, tell me how to get here, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, he had some advice. He said, you know, go. You know, go home, and, and I had a, I still had school debt, which just shows to goes to show how crippling that can be. Um, and he's Chantry's advice was, you know, go home and try and pay off your debt, and then, uh, and then uh, to make a step from there, you know, so you don't have any baggage. Be free to start something new. And uh, that was hard for me to accept. And I was like, okay. All right, I'll go home. <laughs> and um, and so life went on uh, as usual when I got back to Toronto. And again, um, my wife Ariel, she she often brings sort of like the inspirational side of things to my life. You know, even though I don't really see it at the time. You know, like uh, she often brings. The, the magic, I say. I like to. I like to say that. Um, and so she sort of stayed in touch, I guess, with the, with their website or Lorena and Shantri's newsletter, which is from uh, mm -hmm. the Living Center, is is where they're located and and what their uh, their project is called. Yeah. And so they were offering a retreat to Costa Rica, and it was called Romancing the Elements, and. Ariel said she only clicked on it because of the word romance and she wanted to do something for us. And in my mindset, I was saying, uh, that would be great. But that's going to be like, you know, 3000 bucks or, or maybe more right, to do that trip. Yeah. And I just got advice from Sean Drew to pay off my debt. So I could get, <laughs> you know, so to me, it was like not going in the right direction. I was like, we need to save so we can not feel tied down. Yep. And so 
Oh, I resisted. I resisted so much saying, I said that I'm not going to go. And um, Ariel bought the tickets with her own cash uh, and surprised me and said, look, I'm buying the, I'm, I'm buying the tickets for us. And she just felt called to, to taking us on this, this journey. And it was a 10 day retreat. And uh, wow, what an eye opener. It was, it was just so beautiful. What a country. Um, mm-hmm. We basically um, did, did some uh, movement and meditation each morning and then uh, did, did nature hikes, you know, following the water, following waterfalls. And, you know, there were, there were other sort of, I wouldn't say coaching, but just sort of um, sharing, sharing ideas and thoughts. And mm-hmm. I got to know Lorena and Shantri a lot, a lot more, and they got to know me. And at the end of the retreat, we actually talked about the possibility of doing something on the land. And I remember Lorena was asking me if I wanted to be a gardener or that they had a gardening positioning position opening up. Yeah. But I had no experience. Like I had all the passion and des- desire to do this. Um, but I really had no, yeah, no, I didn't know my plants. I didn't know when you would plant things or when you would, how to do succession or, or anything about how to run a garden. I remember running through my dad's garden, picking raspberries. That's about it, you know? So unfortunately that opportunity didn't really, didn't really mesh because they needed someone who knew what they were doing. (laughs) But um, they could, I don't know, not to discourage me, they said, but we're offering these courses, uh, you could learn. And, and then maybe in the future, you know, there'd be something for you. So I, I know as soon as I got home, I looked up uh, the website, thelivingcenter.com and went through their uh, courses and mentorships. And I just tried to see one that um, resonated, resonated with what I wanted to do or what was calling, calling to me. And I ended up picking forest gardening. Um, it's, it seemed, uh, it just seemed interesting, um, growing perennials in the spirit of, of, um, geez, growing perennials in the spirit of, of a young forest. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's not like a mature, dark, dense forest. It's kind of what I was. That's what my brain, where my brain takes me when I think forest gardening or food forest. But it's more of the transition space at the edge of the forest. Right. Before, so, sorry, mm, I'm sorry ahead, to yeah. interrupt you. Before you get into more about the forest gardening, because that is excellent. I just want to say that your whole story is a real um, testament to uh, following your heart and finding out, I, I feel like, what your passion and purpose is here in this life on this earth. Just your process, your connection, your following the, the signs, and even your wife involved in that. It's just such a, a powerful uh, journey, uh, such a powerful spiritual journey 
Um, and then on top of that, you have your, you know, your material journey as well, you know, and, and your health journey and everything. So it's really beautiful, everything that you're doing and, and how forest gardening, um, combines all of those things, not just with plants, but your entire life, right? It's, it's almost just the vehicle of the trance. Like it could be, it could have been anything really like following your heart. Uh, into into whatever field you know and uh, that same process of taking uh, chances and um, being open to sort of uh, I just like signs from the you could say signs from the universe or you know signs from the earth just little coincidences and uh, synchronicities that sort of line up yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. That's, you know, following those and, and following your heart that way in whatever direction it takes you is how you find your passion and purpose. So I've seen how passionate you are about forest gardening and everything. And um, I, I love it. It's beautiful. And it's you just light up when you talk about it. So, you know, it, it, it is, it's your purpose for being here. You know, wherever that takes you is very important. So. Um, yeah, and I, I should, I guess, say that, um, you know, when I had that thought of like, I want to grow food and, and bring it to the market, but I didn't, I didn't want to grow food in a way that, that hurt the earth. So that was, that was really my, my real calling it was like, how do I do that? Like, what is a method that I could grow food and, and medicine or, and herbs, like, while giving back to the earth without disrupting the ecosystem. And so that was my passion. And that's also a change I want to see in the, this really gets us into the sort of spiritual side of things. It's, it's a change that I would like to see globally. And we were sort of talking about this earlier. Is like when you see something like, uh, it could be climate change or whatever, and it looks like such a huge problem and you know in your heart, like, I want to do something about it, or what do I do? But I'm just one person, or even I'm just a small group of people, maybe. How can we, how do we really affect this on a global scale? And I keep coming to terms with the idea that if, if we be the ambassador, kind of, for our idea, uh, by living it, and having a good time that's why i sort of emphasize like let's let's not just like dredge through this and learn and and grind it out it's like i want to have a good time about it so that when other people see me growing food that for me it's going to be this spiritual path is growing food naturally so whenever anyone else sees me doing it in my methods i want them to see that i'm having a great time doing it so they say and look at me and say, I want some of that. Look at this guy. He's having, <laughs> he's having a great time. He's out here outside all day, you know, and um, yeah, just, just living life. And he's got to, you know, he's smiling all the time and having a good time. I want some of that. And I want to, I think that's how we inspire other people to change and realize, you know, rather than trying to say, this is what you should be doing and think about this and. You just live 
just live the change we want to see and and smile while we're doing it and other people will be curious that's that's what i think oh yes yes intriguing intriguing so um Okay, so now you were, when I stopped you there, you were talking about, started talking about forest gardening and, and how it was on the edge of the forest and, and whatnot. So if you want to continue from there? Yeah, so um, it just, that whole concept just seemed different to me and it seemed more inclusive of all the different types of plants. So rather than um, how I'm used to gardening, uh, like annuals, uh, they're they're all the same sort of. Uh, they're different families, obviously, of plants, but they're all sort of at the same stage, like primary succession. And there's no sort of, especially when you look out into the farmers' fields across the street, um, there's no inclusion of succession. There's no trees. There's no shrubs. There's not nothing else. And so, it just seemed more of a whole picture. And I, I think that's why I picked forest gardening. Uh, yeah. As but, a, from, from, sorry. Okay, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, as a, <laughs> as a whole picture. So um, working with the plants, like in a forest, how, how uh, it takes care of itself, basically, those kind of things. So you're, you're gathering something that's, or creating something that's sustainable and uh, regenerative and is going to, um, guarantee pretty much guarantee you food um, for the future and not just food other things as well shelter and, and whatnot so uh, you know we're looking towards the future and and following our paths and part of that obviously is you know having to eat and live and and so how does the forest gardening tie all that together hmm. well yeah that's a good question well for for us and for, I mean, all the other creatures around, I must say, I was, as you were saying that, I was just thinking, it's also just a beautiful space to be in, right? There's lots of birds, mm-hmm. there's lots of wildlife. There's a lot going on when you have, yeah, a balanced, sort of a balanced uh, approach and having all the different layers. Um, and uh, that's something that I was taught was having the layers in the forest garden. So, geez, I guess this would be a test if Shantri was listening. But um, <laughs> you want you just want to fill up all the space. Um, so you have a ground layer, uh, a shrub layer, a vine layer, an understory, which is sort of like a tall shrub or a, a small tree, and then finally your canopy. And so if you have all these niches, all these zones already sort of mapped out with plants that you want to grow, then it's the, the idea is that then nature is sort of satisfied and doesn't try and put something there for you. And I guess that's where we come up with that term, the term weeds, right? Like, oh, I didn't want that, that vine growing up my tree, you know? And like, um, so if we, if we pick those elements but then make them plants that also produce things for us like grapes or uh, you know herbs for our tea uh, and that sort of stuff along with like uh, you know shrubs uh, with fruit like raspberries strawberries currants gooseberries all those kind of things we now we've created 
because a food forest, like a forest that's just edible. You can walk through it and harvest, and it's just an enjoyable experience. So that's what I think of. Yeah, yeah, and I I know um, what was surprising to me when I started learning about uh, forest gardening was all the perennial vegetables, and it's like you have no idea because we're so used to just doing our tomatoes and cucumbers and whatnot in our annual vegetable gardens right but the fact is is that you know when you if you're doing forest gardening and you create a food forest you know these plants return year after year mostly and they're either perennial or or even a biannual that will reseed itself and, and whatnot like it's it's amazing what you can put together and literally once it's you know in its fullness you barely have to um really manage it at all right it is true and there's definitely i guess it's a steep learning curve uh at at the start and it is really worthwhile to take your time and and plant and plan things out as well as taking the time to feel out the the land that you've chosen or or has been chosen for you perhaps uh and and see and see what it does like how does the water go how does the what kind of soil is there what plants are already growing is indications of where the succession is Um, but yeah once once you do the work and plan and plant your plants uh it should it should in theory, be a lot easier. And, and, you know, a lot of texts I read, that's the case, you know, where it's like an, even an elderly person who doesn't have very much mobility has a wonderful forest garden that they can still take care of because it mostly takes care of itself and they, and they can get a harvest every year from it. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, um, that's so important, so important in these times right now. For sure, yeah. to be able to have our own food that way, and to have it, you know, come back every year. I've got fruit trees and berry plants all over my property, and I think those are my favorites because I can pretty much guarantee, you know, unless something drastic happens, I'm gonna have fruit every year, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and then just expanding from there is, I mean, that's just bonus to me. <laughs> yeah. And, and upon hearing about that, it's almost hard to believe it, right? Like, I don't have to, I won't have to do anything. Like, I remember taking the course and uh, Shantri was telling me like in, in like hours, not days of work that it will take. He's like, well, yeah, you know, you could probably weed it all in, you know, this number of hours. And, and it just seems so unfathomable that it would be that little work, really. Um, and I guess it always depends, you know, it depends on your mentality. Like if, if we're still bringing forward that sort of capitalism thing, I, I could see someone still having that mentality of like, well, every year I need to produce more and more and more. But I think the idea with the food forest, especially if you have a limited space is that, uh, there'll be a, there'll be a time, there'll be a there'll be a point where it's just sustainable, you know, you could choose to expand, but that would mean more work. (laughs) You could choose to just keep it and it would support you. And now you have a lot of free time. 
later, which that's what I'm looking forward to. Is is seeing this thrive for myself, for others to see, uh, for for the land to feel the the love going back to it. Absolutely. And and to, and to have that space, just to feel that heart space, and take a deep breath, <laughs> and not. Because in the city, it's it's rush, 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 go, go, go. And when, for me, when someone told me that it could be different, it was, it was kind of hard to even believe it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it is, it's amazing, and it's healing, and so powerful on so many levels, just doing that, doing the work, and... I don't know. I get a lot of joy out of it too. So, um, what I want to uh, ask you about is: so you were talking about how you um, did all this learning with Lorena Chantry, and then so you progressed and did the forest gardening, um, and now you've um, started to come into um, cooperation with them um, in the old pear orchard. So, could you tell us a little bit about that? Like how I, like how that happened? Or? Yeah, um, sort of, and and what you're doing with it, what your plans are with it, and how you're setting it up in a forest gardening uh, way. Sense, okay. So, um, I guess while I took that course, uh, there was a final project, and it was kind of design your own forest garden and uh, do, I, think, I don't know if it was three-year or five-year succession plan. And I picked um, their old pear orchard as an example. And I was really motivated. I, I wanted to do something on the land. And so I, maybe subconsciously, I kind of knew like, oh, maybe this will also be kind of my opportunity. So at the end of the year, I presented the project. And uh, um, uh, can't remember exactly the sequence of events, but after the presentation, uh, there were some other chats, and they ended up offering me a chance to take over their pear orchard, which has um, been neglected for, I think he said like 20 years. You know, someone else was there um, doing like a, a an herbalism thing and foraging thing, so not really quite forest gardening and. The, the pear trees wasn't really the main interest there. So that was sort of my charge, my task was like, if you would like to turn that into a forest garden, then we will, you know, give you a chance to do so. And so that just turned out into like a, a one year business plan contract to try it out. And uh, that involved moving from Toronto to downtown London and figuring out our lives here. But uh, on the land, when I got there, I was, um, I was struck by these really old pears that uh, were at the end of their life. A lot of them had a lot of damage. Uh, and the story was that maybe like two to five died every year. I think there was 200 pear trees um, when it was initially planted. And when I showed up, they were down to 60. So in my mind, 
I was going to, and I'm, I am going to, restore these trees uh, as best as I can and develop a, um, like, like the technical term is a polyculture or a guild underneath each one. So I sort of sectioned off a circle and I've uh, filled in all those spaces that I talked to, or I made a design. I haven't done it yet. So, but I've made a design to fill in all those niches that I talked about. So having a, a, a ground layer, a root layer, a shrub layer, a vine, understory, etc. And uh, and I just started putting that into place. I, I did a ton of pruning and uh, a lot of a lot of really sort of listening and observing. One of the things that I learned was that, uh, and, and kind of like advice that I hear from a lot of people is don't do anything for a year, which is sort of hard advice to take because, especially because at that point I was only going to be there for a year. <laughs> um, but what the uh, the wisdom behind that was to observe, like see see what happens. You don't know what happens in the rainy season season is there even a rainy season you know and an example of that was when i first showed up the land was super dry and so dry that you could not even get a shovel into the into the ground and uh i guess fast forwarding i i did end up getting to do this for a second year and work ongoing but this year was or last year was so wet in contrast and so if i had planned everything on my knowledge of like, oh, this land is so dry, you know, and, and planted plants in that situation. Well, then the next year I would have, well, I would have been really up the creek. You know, I probably would have wasted money on plants because I didn't give enough time to really see the weather pattern. And that's just the weather pattern. It's also, you know, so, like I said, soil type, what kind of bugs around, what other wildlife, um, there's lots to consider. And uh, it's challenging. So it's challenging to slow down and observe that while my brain is ticking by, like quick, like thinking of all the things that could and need to be done, you know? But basically the, the idea is to create space um, around the existing pear trees. So, um, it was planted like a regular orchard, if you can picture in rows, um, close together. And uh, as the pear trees are dying, my idea will be to place, uh, replace them with um, like a smaller understory. So not a tall standard tree, but you know, like an eight to 10 foot shrub. And so like a hazelnut or a small tree, like a pawpaw. So we will have variation it just won't all be the same uh, height, you know, of, and it won't all just be, so it'll be like tree, understory, tree, understory, and um, sort of create a heterogeneous texture, <laughs> if you will. That's great. Um, because where do you ever see that? I mean, I don't see, I haven't seen it other than there at the far, you know, at the center. I haven't seen this in practice anywhere. Uh, other, yeah. other than naturally. So, um, and what is it 
like what is your plan with paradise? I mean, obviously this, you changed your whole life for this. There's, you know, money involved and obviously you're planning on making money from this. Um, and, and not just pears, right? I love the name paradise, but that, you know, yeah. there's so much more to that. So where are you going with that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be in, in, in different, in, for different reasons, in different directions. I mean, I need to produce an income for myself, uh, like you said, um, so there's that aspect of things of uh, production and getting things organized and actually planting and meeting people and making business connections in the city and uh, trying to find out where am I going to sell these products, you know, and is there even demand for this is a whole business side of things to think of. But I would really like to be I would really like to have tours as well. I would like to, like I said earlier, like inspire people. It doesn't matter that I'm not a completed project at this point. And I think it's important for people to see projects at the beginning where it is like all a mess, you know? <laughs> and uh, so that way it's not so, I don't know, it's not so daunting. It's, it doesn't, doesn't seem like, wow, this guy was, you know, so educated and he did it perfect right from the start and he's already 10 years or 20 years into it and it looks amazing. And it's, I think it's really important to see uh, the struggle and, and the starting, the starting steps. Um, because I, I want other people to, to make the same sort of decision, you know, other people who are interested or would have been interested in, in farming or growing food I forget the exact stat, but I heard that sort of, you know, before, um, you know, or at the early part of the century, like over 50% of people were participating in growing their own food. And currently we're down to like less than 10%. Uh, and that's sort of, I don't know, that's, that's worrying for me, you know, that, that means that less people are involved or know the process to such an essential part of our lives. Uh, I would just, I would just like to see more people in, involved, you know, and, and that was my sort of call to it as well. And, and doing it in a way that rebuilds our, our, our nature because we're not separate from nature. You know, if, if the earth is suffering, then, then, then we're suffering, you know, and it's, yeah, it, it has so many, it has so many um, effects, you know, it, it has effects for, for climate change. If, if that's your passion, you know, that could be an avenue. Um, and just, just sort of, just really, if we're, um, it's not even about saving the world because the world is going to be fine. It's like saving us, you know? So yeah. sort of how are we going to do this and still be on this planet? Uh, because we can, I know we can, we just have to, more, we have to, yeah, not be afraid to pay attention 
and, and, and change, make the change. And, you know, a, a lot of our farmers are stuck right now and they, they probably want to make the change, but are, are so far down the road, you know, in, in that other direction that it's almost impossible. So we need like a new wave of people coming up and uh, I just want to be part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to shift and transition um, the rest of it, you know, because you're right. You know, if you're a farmer and you're looking at this going, well, I want to switch. I want to do this. However, it's going to take me so many years to, say, make the same amount of money, all the work involved with the transition over. Right. They're looking at that going, no way. You know, (laughs) like it just to step from that, from the monoculture aspect into that is very it might not even be financially possible, you know, like, exactly. I, I don't know how the contracts work with the, the GMO seeds, but yeah, like it, 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 you just might be tied in. Yeah, that's right. And so now more than ever, it's important for people to um, learn how to do these things for themselves. I mean, we used to know how to do it. It's been done in the past. I've even researched in the things saying that basically like the rainforest jungle is just a huge uh, forest garden that was, um, you know, managed at one time and whatnot and has just grown massively and it's full of food and medicine. I mean, that's why we get so much, you know, so many things from there in terms of medicine, really. The plants there so they said that about north america as well like just that the settlers didn't really understand the scope of the project right exactly exactly it's yeah. like it's so huge you can't even see it so yeah um so i i love this you know this this stepping forward into this journey was such a huge thing to take on and it is very daunting for people um, of all levels, wherever you are, but I know so many people are wanting to make these changes now, and they're seeing the need for it, and um, we really want to support that. I mean, it, it's amazing. It brings community, um, sharing, and healing to, to everybody in the earth, and so um, you're, you've done this. You've done this. You've made that leap of faith here, and you're doing it, working through it, so what what advice do you have to someone who's you know looking to get out of their out of the city out of their like nine to five job and um step into something else not necessarily forest gardening but their purpose and passion what what are a few words that you would say to them yeah uh their purpose and passion it could be anything um i i i've given this advice to even people asking about relationships but it's getting yourself putting yourself like physically in a place where you're going to interact with whatever your your passion is so for me forest gardening putting myself in a place was signing up for a course right um it might be it might be something similar like if you're really into yeah, I don't know. It could be it could be anything. It'd be rock climbing. If you really like rock climbing, then I mean, you gotta you gotta get out there and find your club. You know, wh- who else in your city is into this, and how do I meet them? You know, um, and then I think I don't know. It's as mystical as it sounds. I think the sort of universe 
will take care of you if you're mm -hmm. following your path and you're putting forward the, the effort uh, and coming from a place of openness and like, yeah, I'm here for this journey. Whoever I meet is, is who I'm supposed to meet. And at least that, that's how it has happened for me in, in my life, in my experience. And I just have, I just, you just happen to meet the people that you need to meet, you know, the, the person at the, at the, you know, bike co-op that you share your story with also has this dream or this person who's also into, you know, your passion and now they're introducing you. Right. So it's just, you can't, you can't make this stuff up, right? <laughs> like there's sort of like just great stories to be told uh, about these types of journeys. And so I, you just have to start, you just have to make space for something and get out there and start a conversation with somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And this world works really hard to keep that from happening, especially these days. So the, the distractions are crazy. And I really struggle with the distractions, um, for sure. Uh, so I, I hear that and, um, it may not, you may not, it's not about having it successful or being perfect right away. You know, like my journey took a number of years, you know, and, uh, even was turned down, you know, like asking Sean, how do I get here? You know, it's like, well, go home and sort out your life first, you know, like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> So it may not be as a directed journey as you would anticipate. And uh, it's okay. As long as we, you know, we, we can be distracted. We can be distracted. As long as we remember to come back to our heart space, um, you know, as a practice. And if we can only be there for, you know, 10 minutes a day or one day a week, whatever you commit to, as long as we water it and nurture it, it will grow. Yes, water and nurture, I love that. So we're down to the last 10 minutes here. Um, would you like to tell the listeners uh, what you're doing right now, like these days in terms of you know teaching or um, products or anything like that, whatever it is, and how they can contact you um whether they want more information or ask you questions or anything like that sure so part of my plan uh, at the forest garden was to grow garlic as a cash crop so um that is one of the things that i do offer if you would like to um, support this journey um, i still have some from last year though it's uh getting to be the last of it uh, you can contact me through, uh, I have a Facebook website, uh, Paradise Food Forest. Uh, if you search that, you can find me and message me that way. Um, I'm also very lucky to be part of a, uh, some of the courses, or just one of the courses at the Living Center. Uh, it's called the Art and Science of Pruning. So last year I said I pruned over 60 trees and it was extensive. I spent like two hours in each one. And uh, I, I just got a lot of, I got a lot of experience uh, real fast. And I thought that it would be great to share that this year. 
and I expressed that desire with uh, Shantri, and he's um, he's going to help me do it. And so, really, he's providing all of the expert knowledge um, and the tools and and the, the facility to, to do this. Um, we're going to have uh, it's a two day course. You can choose to sign up for just Saturday if you want or uh, Saturday and Sunday. Saturday is going to be uh, the basic step-by-step -step process and the essentials of pruning, um, first-time pruning, where Sunday is going to be uh, a little bit more advanced pruning methods. Um, and that is, did I say that? I don't think I said the date. It's happening March 12th and 13th. Okay, so that's next weekend, correct? That's next weekend, so happening fast and if you're interested in that um, the website is www.thelivingcenter.com and if you click on uh, where it says calendar uh, you can scroll down and you can see uh, where it says there the art and science of pruning the 12th to 13th of March and you just hit the register button and it'll, it'll guide you through that process. Okay, that's wonderful. Um, I may be joining you next weekend if I can make that work. So, because <laughs> I would be great. I definitely want to do. I need some more pruning ex experience and uh, guidance. So, I'm actually would, excited about that. I would like to say that it's not just trees. It's trees and shrubs, um, and 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 everything else in between. So, awesome. Well, Sasha, it has been wonderful to have you on today. And I feel like I'd really like to have you back again, maybe more than once. Maybe we could do a series um, and talk about, uh, you know, urban microfood foresting and such. Um, but I'm going to put uh, your contact information into the show notes. And the show will be, uh, recorded show will be posted on Anchor and Spotify either later today or tomorrow, depending on if I can get to it. Amazing. Thank yeah. you so much. So thank you for coming on. And um, I thank you, everybody, for taking the time to listen to me and Sasha today. Again, that's Sasha DeHarmony. And we're talking about forest gardening for the future. Um, and we'll be back again next Sunday with another great guest. Sunday at 11 on Cosmic Chaos Radio. That's 11 Eastern Standard Time. Um, and uh, until then, everybody enjoy your beautiful day and get ready because planting time is coming. And we hope that you are all making steps towards um, growth in your uh, growth in your world, growth on your land, growth in your heart, growth in your soul, um, all of those things. And we will muse on this again another day. So enjoy your day. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Sasha. Thanks, Thank you, Dixie. Oops. Let's play that. There we go. Coming straight to you. Vultures of Culture. September 2009. This is medicine for the people. Bringing it to you with Sister Golden Hair Surprise on the road. We be passing through Montana these days, bruh. Oh, but we in Idaho right now, man. We've been posting up on the side of the river with a good fireplace and a marshmallow bag and our nacho and our fudge shop, the Lux Graham Cracker, you know, and our 
a bottle of water and I sent Tito's cheese. Yo, got Nalu on the breather. It all starts to make sense. It all starts to make sense. Particularly my prayers have not forgotten the indigenous For the western man's been working so hard against us With these the western man is in and the land man's met his fences Or the way he protects and the way he preserves Never the way he neglects the people that came first You know, the same ones that he massacred uh It all starts to make sense Going where we're at, where we've been, uh -huh. it all starts to make sense. Well, Creator, the behavior of the collective youth definitely seems to be in favor of the Western man's invasion. I see him pumping fear like an army, spending like it does. He's an old wild building a clueless army. A God fearing youth with no knowledge of the truth and their selfishness is so ugly And it all starts to make sense well, Who we gotta talk to if we wanna survive this mess, uh -huh. It all starts to make sense The any economy's based on geography fueled by spectators and their money and their need for things that will not last Build a hotel, a gift shop in the wilderness. <laughs> Making a profit, capitalizing on it, and on the wild trampling on everything that is sacred, and it all starts to make sense. Why the Western man destroys things he doesn't understand. Uh -huh. It all starts to make sense. Well, all these patterns and wasteful destructive practices. This country, forget for government to put the people in poverty, and it bothers me when the people are going hungry and corporate companies have got the cupboard for the groceries. It's disgusting how you can do nothing and complain about the situation in which you're living, and it all starts to make sense. They're vultures of culture, and they're picking on all my friends. Uh -huh. It all starts to make sense. Oh, indigenous imprisonment, uh-huh. 
to war and need the light to help them rise above the scam on the land and their lives and I'm cutting like a knife all the lies by the slice and the pen of this democracy is really worth the bite but my quest is reasonable and tribe undefeatable ambitiously be moving towards solutions that are feasible and unbelievable all the slow moving people and they can care less just as long as they are comfortable it's unforgivable because the conditions now are critical whether or not you're ready to be an outpost in the pinnacle it's difficult to say exactly what to do but the chief begins with me and I'll reflect it back to you and you and you and you And their lives and I'm cutting like a knife All the lies by the slice And defending this democracy is really worth the bite I'm request is reasonable to try undefeatable And basically moving towards solutions that are feasible It's unbelievable All the slow moving people make you care less Just as long as they are comfortable It's unforgivable Because conditions now are critical Whether or not you're ready we are now approaching the pinnacle It's difficult to say exactly what to do But the change begins with me And I'll reflect it back to you And you and you and you Come on, man. Make the movement move.